two, one. Are we going to start out on a Monday morning by actually talking about U.S. Steel? A potential takeover? We'll cover that. Some other steel stocks. Tesla falling into a danger zone on the charts. I don't know about Tesla here. Christian Fromherz filling in for Tim Quast at 8.35. It's Monday and it's pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders and investors. We got a big old range overnight, but the net that that is up 575 at 4486.50. Can we get back in the 4500 handle and stay? We got the buck up about a dime at 102.78, clearing the last week's high. Bonds flat, just under 121. Crude in the red by 54 cents at 82.65. Silver now under 19.50, down 80 cents, 1945.80. Let's call silver flat at uh, 22.74. And Bitcoin, let's call that flat too at 29,440. Uh, Dennis coming into a week here, starting off with some MA in the steel industry. Trying, yeah. Value stocks, Joel. We've been talking about value stocks. Well, here's one of those. Go to your trusty Benzinga Pro, open up those details, and look at that PE on US deal cyclical, though. So you always got to take it with a grain of salt because we know those earnings go up and down depending on where you are in the economic cycle. But right now, the current PE on US steel, take a guess. What do you think it is without looking? Mitch, what do you think the PE on US steel is? 10. It is five. I was going to say five. Is five. Now, again, always the cyclicals are cyclical for a reason, because when the economy goes to a downturn, they actually can start losing money, and then the PE goes infinity. So, I mean, they are in the top of the cycle. We know we've had a huge expansion for a long time here. So the earnings are expected to go down, which is why it's trading with a PE of five. But value stocks, there may be some people lurking for other ones, too, because we've been talking about some stocks trading with six, seven, eight. 10 PEs, you know, in an environment where NVIDIA is trading 40 times sales. So, you know, there's a separation here, value versus growth. And value has been winning here for the last month and a half. Value stocks, U.S. Steel definitely winning here today. Coincidentally, I just had a little bit of U.S. Steel long in my overnight portfolio. So it's always nice when you come in and have a a 27% winner. That's kind of a day maker in my overnight portfolio. I don't even remember why it's in there. I was like trying to remember. It must have been, you know, some type of arbitrage trade or something. But it was small. I was like, I wish the position was bigger. It's always not big enough when you get, you know, something 27%. But let's go talk about this deal. Give us the details here, Money Mitch. It's just, um, so this is not an actual deal. This is just that you had received an offer. Rejection of the deal, deal. Which is even probably worse, right? Let's talk a little bit about that. U.S. Steel invited Cleveland Cliff to join a strategic review process. So Cleveland Cliff had offered $35 per share for U.S. Steel, which was rejected. The offer included $17.50 in cash and a 1.023 shares of Cleveland Cliff stock. Of course, this would have amounted to a premium of 42% of U.S. Steel's price uh, closing recent closing and now we're starting to hear different comments from analysts key bank capital markets analyst philip gibbs said that automotives oem wouldn't welcome the deal of course because cleveland cliff is currently the largest supplier of automotive grade steel in the u.s while x has shipped more than 20 percent of its volumes to auto slash transportation market in 2022 um again i do think you're going to see some MA activity in some of these beaten down value names in the back half so i think it's going to be a value outperforms growth in the second half of 2023 it was growth obviously outperforming everything 
in 2023. But I think value is going to pick up the slack in the second half. One, because I think growth is going to be weaker. But two, I just think that there's a lot of names that are significantly undervalued. I've talked about ALB, you know, and this has nothing to do with this lithium play, but again, cyclical. So it's at the top of the cycle, but trade nine times earnings. There's a lot of stocks trading 10, nine, eight times earnings. I'm a value type of guy. These are the kind of stocks that I like. These are the kind of stocks that I'm biased to buy. U.S. Steel, I'm not going to chase it here, though, because, you know, it's up 27%. There was a rejection of a deal. I mean, bird in a hand. I had some overnight. I already sold it. So I'm out. I sold at 29. I sold right here. I'm like, bird in the hand. Thank you very much. Does it get killed and give it all back like a pen gaming? I don't think so. It's kind of an eye-opener that there is people lurking for some of these value names. But at the same time, I mean, you're not going to pass on a 27% gainer when we're not in this raging bull market anymore. Hmm. Well, man, a couple different things here. <clears throat> the news was out uh, with the 35 uh, price, you know, potential takeout. And I know it was already rejected, but, you know, it got a nice pop. I mean, if you would have got up at 4 a.m. in the morning, I mean, on your toes. I mean, this thing opened at 26 bucks. You hit 30 bucks, you just over 30. You went to, uh, I believe, 3014. So 30 looks okay. Uh, no, maybe not. 29.96 is uh, your pre market high. There's another high at 30. I think the fact that it's still holding on to, you know, a majority of its gains, people don't think this it's is, good you know, a, yeah, a dead deal. Would there be, Antitrust with this, though, um, you know, I'm thinking with, how, you know, how it's many smaller, million? but it's possible for sure. So, I mean, there is risks, even if this deal was official, it's mm-hmm. probably not going to 35. Remember, part of its stock, too, it was. So obviously you have the CLF. But you know what's interesting? The CLF, which was weaker earlier, very weak earlier, at $13.75 down a dollar, has come all the way back and gone green here now. So that's interesting as well. I wonder because, you know, and let's look at the market caps here. Maybe you could go into the Benzinga Pro and just show us how we do this, Mitch, here. Um, I go into the details, and, you know, we have all this information in the Pro. And obviously, you know, there's lots of places to get fundamental information. The Pro is such a nice way of doing it. So Cleveland Cliffs, I'm just curious on the PE on this thing. Current PE is 31. Ford PE is looking like 9. So, again, these are cyclical earnings that bounce around a lot. But what I was really curious, the market caps here. So we had a $7 billion market cap in Cleveland Cliffs. And how much is the U.S. steel market cap? Because I bet you these companies are close in size. X market cap is $5 billion. So, yes, these companies are very close in size. You wonder, Joel, like, I'm just wondering here if, you know, Cleveland Cliffs coming back. It's like, well, this deal's not going through. But could Cleveland Cliffs be, even be a target, you know, like for somebody else in the, in the steel industry? If you're going to start uh-huh. seeing M&A in this. Why, why, you know, with the company that's potentially the acquirer here, why did it all of a sudden go green here? I'm wondering if people are thinking, well, this deal didn't go through, but, you know, there could be some M&A activity. And, hey, Cleveland Cliffs could be a target here, too. I, I don't think it's a reach. Oh, boy, Maybe oh, boy. The, the favorite Nucor, right? The the biggest one in the... And Nucor is the best of breed. Nucor is the best gun. Nucor is the company that would probably come in and potentially be an acquirer on some of these. It's a huge company with a $41 billion market cap here. Nucor's PE is only seven as well, nine. And I had Nucor in the long-term portfolio for a long time. I finally got rid of it about a year ago. About these prices actually might have even been higher than this. It wouldn't have that ridiculous run from like 90 to 180. And I'm like, this has just gone nuts. This was in early 2022. You had a cyclical steel stock doubling in six months. And I was like, that's enough. So I sold it. I would rebuy Nucor at a certain price, but Nucor is definitely not a target. But these smaller steel companies could be. The PEs are reasonable. You see, you know, you're in this consolidation period maybe where, you know, companies are looking to cut expenses, looking at, you know, different ways to obviously, you know, grow, but also to cut expenses. M&A activity could do that here. I think there could be some MA activity in some of these, you know, metal sector. Uh, you could see uh, Newcourt uh, has had a nice rally. It's trading up on this. I mean, I, I just kind of look at it too from, <clears throat> excuse me, the implications of, you know, like where the economy, like, is there a recession coming or are they looking to, you know, cut costs, as like you said, uh, consolidate. Um, it's really, it's really out of the blue. So um, we'll see. Maybe Cliffs comes back with a sweetened offer, or as you mentioned, someone else may be coming. I mean, historically, 
you know, U.S. Steel has just been just a, a you know a really a range bait. And it seems like you look at it, it's always it's at been a cyclical months. stock. Yeah, <laughs> it's cyclical been a company, cyclical, cyclical stock. You yep. know, when you're in the expansion, it's doing really well. When you're in the recession, it's really getting killed. Very, very cyclical. There's two more, like you could talk about Arcelor Mittal over in Europe. MT Steel Dynamics is another one that comes to mind. Obviously, STLD. How big Steel Dynamics? We're just trying to get a feel. For who the acquires right here, it's about acquires. 16 billion. About 16. Yeah, so it's a little bit bigger. Cliffs and X are pretty small in this industry. That's why I almost wonder. That's why, like, people are gonna, you know, maybe question why Cleveland Cliffs is bouncing back. But yeah. I almost think about it too. I think, hey, if somebody's sneaking around, you know, U.S. Steel, Cleveland Cliffs get together, couldn't you just have one of the bigger guns just maybe go scoop on one of these? So I think if X is a target, I think Cliffs is a target too. So that's why I think Cliffs is not down on this deal, this potential deal. We will see what happens there. There's also MT, that's a Arch, yep. Arch, yeah, Arcelor Mittal, which we just talked about in Europe. That, How big that is that? That's a big there. one. That's twenty-two point five, and they yeah, have a they're PE a big of one. They're only five point four. I don't think they're a target, but again, their PE is five as well. You can just see again, and they're remember, popping this morning. Thing, it's cyclical, but. These things are cheap, man. At least if the earnings can continue to be where they're at and we don't have a huge recession coming, these stocks are cheap. We'll see what happens in this space and we'll see how the automotive OEMs respond to this. Will they make a mention? We'll find out. All right, let's keep going. Let's move to Tesla, of course, as they're doing price cuts in China. Tesla lowered its Model Y long-range performance versions in China. Of course, Tesla's China's made EVs fell 31% in July due to ongoing EV price competition. And just last month, CEO Elon Musk had warned that further cuts could be expected if market conditions become unstable. So um, like I've talked about it in the automotive industry, it seems like it's become the battle of margins and Tesla slowly but surely losing margins. We gave a technical on these Friday morning, Tesla and Netflix, we did them together. And I said, I hate them both from a chart perspective. And I'm at that same spot here. Tesla's now down $8 from where we talked about it on Friday. And Netflix is down $6 from where we talked about it on Friday. I don't like these charts. I think they're both got head and shoulders happening here, especially the Netflix. And I think that there could be a date with 200 for Tesla again here eventually. So um i do like tesla the company i do like elon musk you guys know if you've listened for a while that i'm a huge fan of elon musk but we have just had a ridiculous run i think we're due for a pullback on some of these really highly valued names and this nosebleed pe's on both of these stocks now netflix was reasonable when it was 180 is not reasonable when it's 422 and if you know if you're going to start seeing you know uh, any type of a slowdown People aren't going to be running to buy, you know, hundred thousand dollar cars or forty or fifty or sixty thousand dollar cars if they're buying the cheaper models. And Netflix, I just think, yeah, subscribers might go up because of some of the cost cutting and some of the password sharing. I'm sorry, the password sharing stuff. But the charts don't look good, and sometimes price don't lie. Something like these both look heavy to me. Uh, Tesla, we've been talking about this one. After the earnings pop, there's just been pressure on the stock, right? It, it sold off, and it's just the sellers have been coming down. 280, we couldn't wiggle out. 270, we couldn't wiggle out. 260, they couldn't wiggle out. 240 uh, had been the support, and you closed just above that on Friday. Longer you hang out near support, hmm, the more likely it's going to take it out. And now it's in a total danger zone here. Yeah, you could say there's a gap fill at 235.23, but charts like this where it goes up what it took one week, two weeks, three weeks to make all those gains. We know in this market, <laughs> it would just look at something like a super microcomputer. Days and weeks of gains could be wiped out in just, you know, months of gains could just be wiped out in Not one day. day. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, Vicious I think. Market right now. Yeah. Also, um, been talking to people that uh, you know that have Teslas and stuff. And yeah, a uh, buddy of mine that has one here. He had to go to Cleveland to get it. He just hoped nothing breaks on it because there's you know he has to go to Cleveland to get it fixed. So I don't know what their reliability is here, but there's you know there's a lot of issues, cutting prices, over inventory. Um, 
it's just in danger zone here. So I'd be, you know, for today, you can look at a gap fill at 235.23 if you've been waiting on that. Keep an eye on that. But as far as the dailies go, the only area with uh, uh, two lows in the same area is 223 for Tesla. So keep an eye on that one. And uh, also just like way Ford's been acting since, I mean, these cars, look at that Ford chart. Holy macro. 15 the strike is hitting them, but yeah. it's also just... I mean, I sold the GM almost perfectly. Oh, you did. Um, that, yep. that may have been one of the most perfect trades you can make. I bought that thing at 32 in early June. I got out of, I think, 39 or almost $40 in July. It just felt like it felt like the second half wasn't going to be as easy as the first half. So I just started raising cash, and GM was yeah. one of them. So, I, I mean, Wait. am I going to get a shot to rebuy this at 32? That might happen this week. Exactly. You know, I wish we could go back and like, uh, you know, get our reactions like after every earnings report and for GM because we're like, man, they're just not buying this. This is just, man, these are great numbers. They're raising guidance. They're doing everything right. Boom, stocks up in the pre-market, sold mm, off during, off. yeah, turn yeah. off the in in the regular session here. So as strong as the housing market is, as strong as other, you know, some of these industrials. Man, the autos are just, they're weak. And now now Tesla's uh, joining in on the decline. Well, the yeah. Ford Lightning has not helped Ford whatsoever. I mean, this was supposed to be the EV. This was supposed to be like, everybody's going to want a Lightning. And then, you know, I've talked about, you know, these reports and the towing capacity is just killing the battery. Um, they've had to drop the prices on these things now. I mean, it's just not going well for Ford on their EVs. So especially with that lightning. So yeah, there was I, a, a, a recent the story is here is hurting now. There's a recent story that even the CEO ended up commenting on it. It was a big story about a guy that went on a vacation with his lightning and then eventually ended up running out of mileage because he went to one supercharger and it was broken. Then he went to the next supercharger and it was broken. And the oh nearest God. one was like 36 miles away and he only had 11 miles left. Oh so, God. of course, all his family's kind of freaking out that the cars is going to give out. So eventually he had to tow the car to a Ford dealer and then actually rent a gas powered vehicle to finish his trip. And then on his way back, he picked up the lightning and then brought it back home. He said it was his worst experience and the worst uh, innovation that he's ever seen so and stories like that comment on it stories like that spook people to go on ev it's like where am i going to charge i actually had a buddy he's got an ev and he was coming up to you know georgian bay up here where i live and he's like where's your charging stations it's like the first question he's asking where can i charge my car and you know because i guess you know in your house you got i don't have the big 220 or whatever the heck it is you know that i don't have the thing at all so i mean that's an issue that's an issue Oh, we got an invader here too. She must have heard about the bad talk on the. Well, Dennis, like, it's hard to get gas in Canada too when you're on the 401. I mean, what do they have those? Uh, the... <laughs> hey, no, talk... there's gas stations everywhere. Joel's had no. one experience in Canada, and he's like talking. There's on there's, the 401 on no. routes, the service centers, but there's an exit every like. The only spot you can get <laughs> nailed is between London. There's like a spot that's just this side of London, and then after London, there's about a good you know. 30 kilometers in there which is literally 15 or 18 miles where and if you're down your last 18 miles and trying to make it to the next one that's you know obviously you know you're, you're pushing it here but that's just untrue joel that's an inexperienced all right canadian. all right no, i just i'm you're half just canadian and you're trash one thing, talking us. One thing to keep in mind Canada. Uh, of course the strikes haven't really kind of hit right and they're trying to get 40 percent more on wages we just heard oh. what happened with UPS Teamster, right? They got what they wanted. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm literally considering uh, a, an employee changement as uh, I could be making 170000 with UPS. I mean, let's just be honest, guys. That's some pretty good money. That's that high issue. bar. High bar, man, for these uh, for these uh, uh, 
negotiations coming up yeah, the and then, and what's the the uh, you know the fed's favorite you know the pce the uh you know the uh wages man that's the stickier part of inflation i think that's why you have some nervousness in the in the market here and last week and we got some fed you know the fed minutes coming up and stuff that the numbers were okay at the end of last week they weren't fantastic so I think the market's getting a little, getting a little bit worried about how higher rates and the bond market is just screaming that, <laughs> you know, the 30 year bond. We've been talking about that for a while. That can't catch a bid for its life. No, no, that's an issue here with the overall market. It's sitting down here near the lows. There's so many red flags in this market. And that's what we've been talking about for the last two weeks is the TLT started breaking down. We know bonds can lead. It's a good, you know, um, indicator of where, you know, what we're thinking about. And I mean, if you're willing, you know, the TLT starts shutting down. Like, I mean, going up and the rates are going up here still further. There's issues. So TLT breaking down is an issue here. You know, I could blame you know, Fitch, you know, I don't know. But I think, you know, it's just an indicator here. When it started breaking down back in May, that was an issue for stocks. And I think it's the same thing here now. There's just a lot of red flags. And the market is so overextended. And we talked about certain stocks that have been resilient, like NVIDIA last week holding up. Finally. When does it break? When does it break? And you know what? It broke that day and it's been breaking. Now it's down $30 from the high. Microsoft is now down $40 from the high. So we have had, this is a conversation, maybe we should go this direction. We have had a correction here in a lot of stocks. An official correction yeah. is down 10% from the highs. Microsoft is in correction territory now. We have Apple, which is probably close to approaching correction period. We have to do the math, 198 to 177. Yes, you know, oh, Apple's yeah. further than a correction, maybe even. Well, it's in a correction territory. Tesla 10%. has definitely hit correction territory here now. Netflix is close to correction territory. So certain stocks have hit correction territory already. You have the Qs, which are bloody resilient and not even close to correction territory here. 387, you'd have to knock off almost 40 points, would bring us down to like 347. So you need to spell another 20 points in the queues to be correction, but that could happen. I mean, it's just not as going to be as easy sledding in the second half as the first half. And I think you've got to have some dry powder just in case stocks start to get, you know, a little bit overdone to the downside. What about Meta? You left that off. Now uh, going to be going, uh, you know, sub 300. Uh, With right a fantastic now. report. And you know what they're doing? They're selling fantastic reports and they're yep. not buying the crappy reports. That's the definition of bears in control. Not bear market. We're not down 20%. We've had a pretty good run, but bears firmly in control in the last two weeks. That is for sure. And now we just got to keep watch. I did see today uh, Goldman Sachs stepping up and saying on Monday that the first Fed cut would come in the middle of 2024. And the CME Fed tool pricing in about one third chance of a, a further hike by the end of the year and already putting in a cut by May. What do you guys think about that? <laughs> They, I think it's just been so thinking. Yeah, yeah. Like I, everybody's like, the Fed went up in rates. We beat inflation. Let's start dropping the rates again. Why are they going to drop the rates and just br- invite inflation back? Yeah, there's Why no do, point in doing do that? it. Right? I mean, that's what everybody thinks. They just beat inflation, so now we can bring the rates back down to normal. The reason they're going to bring back rates back down to normal, and we've been saying this for six months, not just six weeks, six months. The only reason to start cutting rates is if we go into a recession. That's when they're going to start cutting rates. And that's why we're probably not going back down to the October lows because if it really starts to get ugly. They will start to cut rates. But just, you know, you think you're just going to have your cake and eat it too, that we're just going to continue the expansion. Corporate profits is just going to continue to stay at record highs and they're going to just start dropping interest rates. They don't want to add fuel to the inflation fire. They just put it out. So I see no reason that they're going to start lowering rates. The only reason is if we go into a recession and then that's not going to be good for stocks. So if you start seeing the S&P back down at like 410 on the SPY, you'll start to, you'll start hearing a lot of talking about lowering rates. But when we're up here near the highs on a lot of stocks here, I see no reason for them to just have rate cuts imminent. I believe they were kicking the can down the road. I think uh, they were back. I don't have all the, I don't apply to their research, but oh no, we're going to have rate cuts at the end of 23. You remember that mantra <laughs> for like the longest yeah, time? They had that, they had that yeah. in December. Yeah, we're going to pick it. Happen, gonna... though. That could happen. If we fall off a cliff on the economy, that could happen. But it's not going to happen 
with the economy as strong as it is. It's not going to happen with these economic numbers we continue to get. So, you know, if you want to say, I think we're going into a heavy recession in, you know, by the end of the year and the Fed's going to have to cut rates, I'll buy that. But you want to say, oh, yeah, we're just going to have this expansion and corporate profits going to be highs. They're not lowering rates then. Powell's not an idiot. He's not going to give up all these, you know, dry powder that he just put in the Fed's bullet chamber. So I think that as long as the economy remains resilient, which it has, there's no rate cut imminent, folks. All right, let's keep moving. And uh, this is going to be an interesting one. I want to see in the chat who who thinks about what they think about this one. In a win for AMC. Yes, uh, we're talking AMC here. The company gained Mm -hmm. court approval on Friday for its revised stock conversion plan. The move following a sustained legal battle against shareholder lawsuits and challenging the companies to new financial incentives. The value of the sentiment could uh, range between 120 million Bloomberg law reported and uh, the apes are they going to be happy today no they're not and obviously they applauded this last week or two weeks ago when it looked like this deal was dead and it was going to pop and it pop from four or fifteen it was over eight dollars obviously on that you know announcement that the judge was blocking it well AMC just fights they love diluting sh- shareholders apparently and they're fighting here again. So there, it looks like they're going to get this conversion. At least they're going to try to get this pushed through. There's still a big discount on Ape versus AMC. So there's some skeptics out there. But it's an ugly day for AMC. A pretty good day for Ape. So Ape's up 21%. AMC's down 33%. Um, it's just so... I mean, there's been so much dilution in here. And you know, I'm with the shareholders and saying, why do you want to dilute all the shareholders further? But that's what they're trying to do. They're cheering for dilution. It's not good for AMC, but it's good for Ape. Do you try and trade this pair or is it just too, like, too... I was trading AMC just on the chop on Friday because it was really trading, like, it was so liquid, Joel. The one thing about AMC, it's like, you get your order out there, you get done. You get your order out there, you get done. Especially, like, Friday, like, I traded Friday after hours. It was just chopping around. I was just scalping it for dimes. But it just felt like, um, it didn't feel like I was making a call or anything, but it was just so liquid. It was just chopping like that. I was like, I'll play that chop. I took five or six trades just playing, you know, for dimes, dimes, dimes. Um, now it started to leak and, you know, I don't know fundamentally I, like it's yeah. this, you know, what, what is AMC? You know, and when we look at it, you yeah, can say it was $3. Well, it's not going right back. back. To 70. The market right cap back. on AMC, people are saying, why is AMC so cheap? I had somebody reach out. Why is AMC so cheap relative to its peers? But they're looking at the stock price. You got to look at the market cap. The market cap of AMC is still eight billion dollars. The mar- maybe not after today, but the market <laughs> cap on CNK, we're going to the peers, Cinemark, is only two billion dollars. IMAX is only one billion dollars. I would argue the other. Why is AMC so expensive relative to its peers? And it's because it's got the ape story. So you can't just look and say, oh, it's a three dollar stock, and CNK's a seventeen dollar stock. And uh, IMAX is, you know, uh, $8, $19 stock. That's not how you value companies. So learn lesson for the newbies. You don't look at share price to value companies. You look at market cap. Market yeah. cap is that outstanding shares times the current share price. Because stock does a stock split. It doesn't mean it just fell 50%, folks. It just means there's more shares outstanding. The market cap's the same. So the market cap on AMC is significantly more than IMAX and CNK. We'll see what happens there. Uh, long-term debt definitely getting big there. We'll see if AMC can continue around playing this game, right? It seems like it. All right, let's go to Monday.com. Q2 adjusted EPS at 41 cents beats the 14 cent estimate. Sales of 175.7 million beat the 169.2 million. Monday.com sees Q3 total revenues to 181 million on a high end 183 million versus a 179.36 million estimate. Also seeing the full year 23 revenues up higher than the estimate of 704 with the high end to 717 here. So looking good for monday.com. But of course, it might just be the wrong time to report here. What do you guys think? I, I think I'm not chasing anything up. I and, and again, it's just the environment that we're in when you're chasing stocks and think, 
and that they go up 10%, they go up 20%. That's in a bull market. We're not in a bull market right now. We were in a bull market in the first first half, but we're not really in that market environment, at least at this point in time. The earnings were fine here. It's a nice beat on the top and the bottom line. This Monday earnings, if they reported this a month ago, the stock's probably up like 40 bucks. But they didn't report it a month ago. They reported today. And I think these earnings are good. I think the revenue was good. I think the guidance was fine. Everything was fine on this quarter, but you just got a fact that we got overhead supply here now and investor, not analyst, investor expectations are too high for all these stocks. Uh, just a real quick market update here. We're, we're, we have some selling pressure here. We went from uh, nice in the green by six, seven handles. Now we're in the red by six handles here. Uh, just uh, a little bit of soft, not seeing any relevant news. Uh, you got a nice pop on this. Ivan Fine Seth talked about how he liked it, I believe, a week or two. Pre-market high is 166. So first objective, you just want to take out that pre-market high. And if you get some continuation move, halfway back of this decline is 170. 172.16 is a daily high. But first things first, very important for this to get to the pre-market high. If you're looking for some support, uh, there's really not much in here. 157.72 uh, was the top of Friday's range. And so people are getting their money back, right, from this uh, little decline that you had. I don't know. I don't think you'll see buyers. I think it'd be more natural sellers than buyers. A little Overhead bit of a supply and all buy. these things now. Yep. Yep. All right, let's keep going. Let's go to a quick one here. Sun Nova Energy announcing that it's launched a public offering of $75 million. Of course, in the solar industry, we've been seeing some struggling numbers come out of this. This came down pretty quickly, but it's right back up close to its closing price on Friday. All these stocks have just been a disaster. The only one one that's been holding up his first solar and you just wonder when that one breaks too because all the other ones are broken tan has been a disaster i keep thinking tan might eventually catch it but it does not end phase continues to leak sedg has now joined the party and is breaking down to new 52 week lows sun power has been an epic disaster basically since 2021 csiq slowly starting to leak here as well and not looking great either man there's so many sectors just not looking great and, and yeah. solar has just been a disaster uh it's it's battled back now we don't uh you know we don't do it is there was there ever a price uh floated with that or um is it been priced yet or is it already been priced because you got to break down new um 1422 it's hard to talk technical when you know yeah, you have price. something as offer but i tell you right now i like 15 is just the way it uh it broke and then came back you still have to respect last week's low uh, right under 14, right under 15 bucks, 1494, 1496. Uh, coming back, uh, man, this thing has just been under pressure. And let's just use yesterday's high. That's the lowest high you've had mm, in the like one of the lowest highs of the move. So 15 to 1590 for Sonova. But you mentioned Tan's been breaking down. Ah, uh, boy, oh boy, just is nothing looking good in this sector. Not, not, not in a lot of sectors here. Certain. Certain things are holding up okay. I mean, Walmart, defensive stocks are starting to show some life here. But overall, this market has turned the risk off. Should we grab Christian? Yeah. Yeah, let's go to it. Let's get to, of course, Christian Fomhurt's going to be joining us. You guys, smash the like. Good morning, Christian. Uh, how you doing? We get you, we get you a before the market today. How's everything going? Good morning. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. So we've had we've had this uh, retreat. Uh, some really some corrections, major corrections in some sectors. Others are still holding up pretty well. And also, I'd like to get your perspective on this. I mean, ever like we're talking about a correction, and we're like 120, 130 points off the high of the move after a major rally. I, I think we're still like instead of talking correction, why are people like talking? Wow, you know. We're really in a, we've had a major rallying where the top of the range. Yeah, exactly. And so far we've, you know, we've been coming in um, a bit, but we're really not that far from the highs, depending on, on what you're looking at. So yeah. uh, I agree with um, a lot of what you guys are saying, you know, going through different sectors, which is what I do as well. And there's just not a lot of attractive areas and, you know, 
it is the middle of August too. So this is kind of playing out, you know, you, you keep hearing about the seasonality this time of year. And so it's kind of living up to the hype because we're just not seeing um, a lot of uh, great price action. There's not a lot of things to really get you excited. So it's kind of a little bit of a, of a waiting game. And, um, you know, you're seeing that confirmation with, you know, looking at what's going on uh, with the U.S. dollar right now, U.S. dollar is moving up. Um, mm -hmm. Rates have been moving up. You know, it's bond mm -hmm. yields have been moving up. So these things are kind of telling you to, to pump the brakes in terms of uh, overall risk taking and um, be a little bit more conservative. Yeah, there was a headline that came across the tape that was about uh, the China currency falls to the weakest since November. So, you know, does that get you really excited about uh, putting on some new trades for the for the to start the week? <laughs> There's lots of things to worry about, but is this just, you know, the opportunity? Some people are arguing that we've been in this, you know, huge run here. Now we've got a pullback here. Now everybody's starting to get bearish. Maybe we're doing it backwards. Maybe we should be looking at buying stocks on this pullback, Christian. Is there anything you like? A few, just a couple things. Yeah, I mean, normally, um, you know, and, and it's just a, it's a product as well as what we're seeing with market breath. Not only does the does the price look lousy, but you're also seeing that in terms of the, um, you know, the under the looking under the hood and you and seeing what's going up versus what's going down. And there's a lot more stocks that are going on. We've got weak breath for now. So it's a, it's a bit of a waiting game. The couple sectors that I think are interesting is, is energy. Um, you know, we've seen a nice, well. mass, nice move in crude over the last, you know, couple weeks, but um, you know, it's tough to kind of get, to get like all in on, on energy too, because you're hearing about this weak, weakness in China too. And that's going to be a driver um, of that. But um, yeah, I mean, energy stocks, I mean, it goes to your value argument. And and I agree with you, like right now, it's more uh, value stocks are, are starting to trend higher versus growth. So that's a great place to look because they're not expensive. Uh, and, um, you know, some of them look pretty attractive depending on what which energy stocks that you're looking at, and then um, healthcare healthcare stocks. And I can share my screen. We can we can yeah, go, let's do that. We go through a couple of charts, which I think are are interesting, um, even though there's not a lot. How do is it present right? Uh, yep. Yeah, you can go ahead. Uh, I'll walk you through it. Present, and then you got some screens, or you can do windows, and then you'll get it up there. Top tabs. Yeah, let's do window, and then do I have to define the window? Let's see. Um, hmm. Let me try doing not the entire. Pick your window. Yeah, pick. <laughs> or you can pick your hole. All right. Yeah, let's, one thing let's that I'm going to be. And go ahead, Christian. You can get it up. There you go. I think I got it right here. Let's do okay. it. Yeah, I mean, so so something like this, if, if we look at the weekly chart of, of XLV, this is the healthcare ETF, mm -hmm. um, it, you know, what I like about this, uh, you know, and it, and again, it's just like the beginning of something, it, you know, it could be the beginning of a, of a move higher, but I like this big long trend that you've got previously, and then a whole bunch of sideways price action. So, yeah. you know, again, there's no rush in this one, but I think that this could be a nice area to be in. Um, you know, possibly for the for the back half of of, uh, of this year. And and uh, I'm watching to see if this really can break 135.25 on the weekly chart and kind of resume its trend and, and basically go out into the right. And it just seems like without a major catalyst right now in some of the other bigger areas like tech, um, consumer discretionary, I think like this is a nice area to, to um to explore and you can kind of look at some individual names but you know it it's not it's not ready yet um this is the daily chart where, where you can kind of comb you know you can view a little bit closer and i would be looking for a break above 136.20 right next thing is to kind of you know maybe look at some individual stocks here but um you know obviously uh lily and and names like that they're just a, they're driving just, the bus what's that they're driving the bus lily and something like this yeah, and, and that's what makes this market kind of, uh, you know, has been difficult because they're just, they're so far, you know, Lily has made such a move. I can't chase Lily up here. I've got to see some type of a move um, a bit lower. So, you know, that's that's what kind of says, uh, you know, be patient with some of these group, but, groups. But, you know, another one too to look at is is PPH, which is pharma. Um, 
you know, this this is actually breaking higher. So you don't see too many charts like this right now that you've got a full green bar from last week. I mean, this had a nice move and this doesn't, you know, this doesn't look bad either, you know, in terms of just kind of taking your time and being in something a little bit slower moving. Um, you can make money in these stocks. Um, you know, UNH doesn't look bad either. Um, you know, you know, you know, this uh, name had good earnings and um, it's kind of putting in a nice little bull flag consolidation here. So I'm looking for UNH to uh, to possibly break higher too. So that's something in healthcare and, and um, yeah, I mean, energy stocks, I'm actually in, a, in one stock that's that's close to you or maybe somewhere by you, Canadian Natural Resources. Oh, um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, so this isn't a bad stock either, which is is trying to break out of its um, sideways range. Again, nothing, you know, to uh, knock your socks off here. But, um, uh, you know, I think for this market, these are stocks that I'm, I'm looking at right now. I mean, one concern here when you talk the XLV is I actually naturally trade from an arbitrage perspective. I trade XLV counter to the market. So when I see XLV strong, it's actually an indicator that some stocks might be over, that like stocks themselves are overall weak. And you can see in the first half, if you bring up the XLV, had a rough first half. We started yep. the year in 2023 on the XLV up like 137. By about April, we were, you know, we were down to 123, which is a pretty significant sell-off for a conservative, you know, and XLV is conservative, lower P stuff and defensive. And we did come back, but we really kind of, you know, not performed well in 23 for the simple reason is that, who wants to buy a bunch of, you know, drug stocks when they can buy tech stocks that are exploding, the AI story and all that. So now right. that the AI story cools, I was like, oh, what are you going to buy? Well, let's go buy some drugs. So actually, a lot of times you see XLV when it's showing strength, it's an indicator of overall market weakness. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's defensive. And that's not where, um, you know, that's not where it was at in the first half of the year. And, um, you know, and granted, there was a lot of catalysts. There's a lot, lot of other better places to be, a lot of nice catalysts. And now those those catalysts have kind of um, seen their their um, their run. And, um, you know, it's it's got to be something else that's in that group. I don't think that I, I mean AI is not going away, but um, I, I don't yeah. think it's as you know the, the hype has run its course, and that happens. You know that happens. Cool. With, it needs a cooling period. Yeah, and remember it. And I think that you you guys, I think Mitch brought this up last week. Um, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but it was the same thing with like the, with the metaverse. Like that got really popular for a bit. Now I think AI is different than the metaverse, but mm-hmm. um, you know these 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 themes will um, will play out and they'll get hot. And there's there was nice momentum in these groups, and you know there is a change in tone and and you know in, Nvidia and things like that that are going to see you know. Um, you know, bigger revenues from from that trend, but that's already kind of you know <laughs> that's already been played out and and uh, and in the stock at this point. But you know, some of these stocks, I, I you know, you mentioned SMCI, and this is a name that's just gone up so much. I mean, you guys were all over this in terms of the um, the right before the earnings, and I listened to you guys, and and I had a, a small position in this that I've been holding for a long time, and I sold this before earnings because oh, really, huge, huge. yeah, because Good call. Be, you do it, Christian. Uh, thank you, but but um, but it was you know this is the call that you guys made, and and just saying, hey, thank they're you. they're going to have if you've if you've seen the trend or if you've been paying attention to the trend so far in earnings, mm-hmm. the names that are up on the highs are just they're they're in danger territory of, of seeing a lot of sellings uh, you know pressure into them and um you know so i like this company i'm i'm waiting i'm trying to be patient um for you know to possibly get back into this because i like this this name i think term. this story continues here for the next couple of years in this i don't think the story is over here i think there's actually a story that is going to eventually get hot again but you're right patience is the key here yeah um i took a quarter of a size of a normal position and actually on the day it bounced up the next day and now it's come back down from there. So I've started nibbling in the long-term investment portfolio here. Cause I was looking, you know, from a valuation perspective, it's not even crazy either. I think you could have a date with 200, but, um, and I think I would buy some more if it went down there, but I, I think that when the market does turn around, I think this is going to be one that leads the charge, but I don't know if we're anywhere near a turnaround here yet. Dennis, just the way you were talking about that one the other day, you're like, yeah. oh, this, you know, I could just tell you, it was like you didn't have the conviction. Oh, no. You know, when I, I do a quarter yeah, size position, yeah, Joel, yeah, 
I yeah, really, so for my own trading, just and Christian, you might know this, but for listening a long time, but when I go a quarter size in the long-term portfolio, it's like, nah, take a taster, you know, like yeah, a little absolutely. taster. Went down a hundred bucks. I'm like, I watched this thing go up. I was like, little taster, just in case it gets a dead cap bounce. It did not. But when I'm doing like, when I'm convicted, I do a double size position. So I come in like, you know, I'm Viander with so much money. And I'm convicted. I like go double size on like Enbridge is a double size, conv- double size position for me. Just when X dividend here today, people are saying, why is it down? It's down because it's uh, just when X dividend, you got paid a 88 cent dividend. Um, but I mean, that's where we're at here is, you know, this, you know, the, the, my double size conviction play is a defensive utility. <laughs> yeah. right. so I'm, somewhat, I'm somewhat conservative here. Christian, no, same thing yeah i mean and um i think that's the right way to be tackling these names that are falling right now is to basically be legging in and you know keeping a lot of dry powder and saying hey you know this name may not be done going down in fact i think it could go down to 224 and that's where i would be a little bit but you know that's where i might really add it but i might take a couple um you know dip your toe in type positions um just to get involved a little bit on the way down yeah, Dennis, actually, <clears throat> it did catch a bounce the day after, you know, after the big down day. So it was that 15 bro- points from where I bought it. I, I know, bought it I know. Below. I was I know, up 15 it- points on the next day. I was like, I'm a hero. <laughs> oh, no, I'm a zero. That's why it went up. Day. That's yeah. why it went up. Everybody it was, I saw the news wires and saw that you were starting a position. Yeah, I started a position. That's it. It went up 15 points. I was like, oh, no, I suck. Again. I can't sell it. I can't sell it. <laughs> Christian, what about the overall reaction to Q2 earnings season? You know, something like Meta now 25, you know, 26 bucks off its high. Yep. It seems like if you beat, you didn't beat enough. And if you missed, you got absolutely punished. Uh, what does that say? I know you follow technicals and fundamentals, but from a sentiment point of view, uh, where, where you stand on that? Well, I think just a lot of names went up a, a, a huge amount from the last time that they reported earnings. And that's one of the things that I always compare when I'm looking at a name and, and what I think it could do on earnings is, hey, you know, what did it do since the last quarter? And like, you know, you look at Meta and the, when it did jump on earnings the last time, it was like 235. You know, it went all the way up to 300. So just the just the risk to reward for some of these names, um, just not there for them to, to continue to hire. But I'm still seeing like in terms of um, what we've seen so far in earnings. I mean, I still have a strong earnings list, you know, a, a str- uh, earnings names that have actually gapped up or strong earnings and the price action has been pretty good. I have a number of those names that, um, you know, so there, it's not like we're, we're absent names, but it has been more of the names that that have gotten a little bit um, forgotten about and that are depressed a little bit. Like, you know, I thought that this was interesting last week. This is CyberArk, right? Some of the cyber names really got beaten up over the last couple of weeks. And then this was on the back of one of the names reporting, which was FTNT, and it, and it really brought the whole group down. Palo Alto is going to be an interesting report that reports this week. I'm kind of thinking like, you know, it's kind of in the middle <laughs> in terms of, you know, sediment and, um, it's it's decently off the highs, but I, I'm not sure if it um, you know it could fall a little bit further. So uh, and a little further is down another 20 points. But would I t- will I take maybe an option um, you know like a call spread or something like this where my risk is defined? I probably will because it's decently off the highs. So it's kind of right in that middle. It's a growth name. Um, but it's but it's off the highs. So this I would give something more of a chance to. But yeah, I mean we're seeing this pattern all over the place too in some of these growth names where after they made their their initial charge they kind of came in and then their second attempt made a lower high and then once they made the you know the lower high um, there was a failure even though Palo Alto hasn't reported earnings yet. So that's what I think um, that you know we could continue to to see that trend. I mean. Walmart uh, reports earnings this week, but I, I want no part of Walmart because I, it's been it has just been a recipe for disaster. Not to say that Walmart can't go up, but the risk to re, the, the risk reward yeah. situation is just not High there bar. to be going after Walmart, which is at the fifty two week highs because we've just have seen this play out too many times where a name yeah. gets beaten up. So yeah, 
Uh, it's the last... hard buying stocks with the investor bars. And we talked about the analyst bar and the analysts, you know, had a little bit lower bar. The analyst earnings, you know, they're beating your analyst earnings projections because they had lowered them for last quarter and they had lowered them. But now investor expectations are just so much higher because stocks have run so far. So when you come with unrealistic investor expectations, you have Tesla, you have Microsoft, you have Apple, you have Netflix, you have SMCI. You have even, you know, well, NVIDIA is going to report here. They were blew it away last quarter. I think everybody wants to know what they're going to say in yeah. two and a half weeks. But it's the investor bar that has come too high for this, the companies to meet. And that's why you're seeing these stocks sell off on decent reports. Yeah. So, so, and if you're patient, um, which is what we want to be as traders uh, a lot of times is, um, you know, let these prices come in a bit because mm-hmm. it is August and, and, it, and it is playing out, you know, true to form with um, with just weaker price action. But provide, you know, if we can get through this for the next couple of weeks and, and maybe some sometime into September, I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball, but you might see a really nice second half of the year um, once this kind of plays out a little bit. So. And everybody always says that they want to dip, right, in some things, right? So we're getting one in some in some stocks. But I think you just have to be patient and let it play out a little bit further. All right, Christian Fomherz, founder and CEO, Tribeca Trade Group. You guys know where he's at. Definitely check him out. And if you're not following him on Twitter, what are you guys waiting for? I'll definitely throw up both of those links. It's always good to have you, Christian. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Have a great week as well. Thanks, Christian. All right, let's get back to the markets. We still leaking, Joel? You're on mute. We sure are. We're uh, 10 points off the pre-market low at uh, 44.65. But that's not the real number. The real number for today, the week, the month, the year, the decade, the century, is last week's low at 44.59. Bull and equivalent, you'll find the equivalent with your spider. If you have any hope of like, is this is the end of the correction, then last week's uh, low is going to hold. All right, let's go to some notable uh, analyst ratings today. I got an interesting one here on Okta. Uh, Goldman Sachs upgrading Okta to buy and raising a price target to $91. This is kind of a, a rating that I wouldn't expect. On a, on a time like this, but they're stepping up to the plate here on Okta. Goldman Sachs will often make contrarian calls. They aren't scared to upgrade something that's in the gutter or downgrade something that's run too far. And it's probably because they have so much weight. You know, they know that they will move stocks. You have a smaller boutique brokerage that like isn't going to move price as much. Goldman is the gun, maybe still the most influential, influential analyst on the street. So analyst firm. So, I mean, Okta has been in the gutter. It had the big run up in May. And then I guess they disappointed earnings. And then it was hanging out here for basically three months has gone nowhere. So where other stocks in June and July continue to go higher, Okta did not. So Goldman's making a contrarian call. This is clearly a contrarian call here saying there's a catch up trade here in Okta. It might be the case. I don't like to fight Goldman Sachs, especially on some of these contrarian calls here. But it takes some guts in this market to be upgrading a tech stock that's sitting near the 52-week low. Uh, pre-market high uh, is just under 75, no, just over 75 at 75.12. There's one daily high right there too, 75.23. So that's it. The onus is on the bulls, man. Get it above, make a new high, and just keep on running. Your next daily high would be uh, closer to 76.42. Um, and also with these kind of moves, like if you're going with Goldman, you're going right with the open, you know, you want to see that immediate file through. You want to see, a, you know, wherever it opens, let's say it opens here at 74.80. You want to see a 75 bid. You want to see pre-market high taken out and keep the momentum going. Uh for the, you know, probably not the greatest day for, you know, to be an upgrade. Market's kind of wishy-washy. Not the greatest market to be upgrading stocks. No. about the day. It's about the turn. We've had a turn. We called this turn. We didn't, you know, we were way too early. Be, we stayed bearish way too long, me and Money Mitch. But I got to tell you, we called this turn almost perfectly. We called it okay. that day on the key reversal day. And that's when I started raising cash. 
the next day we had the pop back and I was like, I think this is a suckers rally. Go read my tweets. This was on the 28th of July. I said, I think this is a suckers rally. It suckered for one more day and yeah. then it's been straight down since. So, I mean, it did not make new highs. That key reversal day. Sometimes technicals tell the story. I'm not a huge technical analyst. I'm more relationship-based, you know, look at the overall picture type trader. But sometimes technicals lead the charge. And I will tell you, the technicians were winning because on July 27th, we had key reversals in everything. A lot of the stocks did not beat and did not come back and make new highs on the next couple of days in that suckers rally. And we have been down in the market ever since. So that key reversal day was the day to say, hey, the next day when we got the suckers rally was the day to start lightening up on your stock positions. And those who did that had, you know, obviously were able to hold most of their gains. If you're going short into that, you're making some money. It was tricky because it went up the, the next day, then it went up the day after, and then it just kind of hung in there. So a lot of it is timing. But um, and also we've had some negative fun, you know, that uh, the downgrading by, by Fitch and um, also Moody's has been weighing on the market. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. It should be, uh, like I said, uh, just really keeping an eye. You know, if this is a more of a corrections going, then we're going to take out last week's low 44.59 and then work our way towards 4400. All right, team, we got some requests out there on Twitter and always give us some feedback if you guys have any. They wanted to take a look more and more into the earnings calendar. So really quickly, I wanted to at least bring this up so you guys can look out for what's coming later in the week. Um, not the biggest earnings coming here right now on Monday, but tomorrow before the open, we'll get Home Depot. And then later in the week, we start getting more retail, right? You get TJX, Target, Walmart, Ross Store is going to be reporting this week. John Deere on Friday. What are you guys going to be paying attention to, guys? I think it's important with the retailers, you know. All right, all right. Is it, you know, is a higher see what prices? Target and Walmart yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm looking at the list and, you know, Home Depot, obviously Tuesday, everybody will be interested. You know how, you know, obviously people still doing stuff on their homes. How's that looking there? Um, Cisco will be interesting because the stock's at a 52-week high. I mean, there's not a lot of stocks sitting up near 52 weeks highs, but Cisco is. So expectations higher for Cisco here as well, which is rare for Cisco because it's normally not sitting up at 52 week highs. But everybody's looking at Walmart. I mean, it's the stock. There Thursday, yep. Walmart is going to be the driver of the bus. What's going to happen here? Uh, Walmart just bunching up here just under 162. Uh, you did get a 162 print in on the ninth, but it looks like the big boys just peeling out right at that 162 area. So I'd keep an eye on that. Um, that not only is that 162.10 a 52 week high, is that that's an old time high as well, uh, barely exceeding the high back in April of 2022. And we know what happened after that. You can see by their uh, next red candle, big, thick red candle back in May of 2022. All right. That's going to do it for us here on pre-market prep. Any last levels you want to give, Joel, before you hop? No, I said it once. I said it twice. I'll say it just one more time. Just so important when you make a low on Friday to get a bounce the following week, show that you're, you know, that that's a good low. And then on the upside, we got to clear 4,500, get back into that other handle. So going a little bit wide, uh, but that's what you have to do sometimes in these markets. Uh, Dennis, any final thoughts from you? I think we just sit in this environment where rips are getting sold. The same thing happened again this morning. We're up overnight. It seems like we're in Groundhog Day around here where they pump them and jack them overnight and then we give it back either in the morning or intraday. It's happened here again. Remember, though, we're not in this like, you know, where everybody's bearish. We're not in this like, oh, sell stocks at any cost. So you're going to get rallies and those rallies are being sold. You know, when was it? Thursday. You know, we had that significant rally. It gave you another opportunity. You've got another opportunity. People who are long stocks and, you know, now if they if they get beat up here, they deserve it because we have had so many opportunities to get out of stocks. This market has been so forgiving. You know, even after the key reversal day, we had two days where we almost got back up to those highs, you know, and then we get other, you know, another day where we have a key reversal day. And, you know, then we get to Wednesday and then Thursday, we have this rip roaring rally off the CPI. I think it was the CPI data or PPI. I can't remember which one, which day it was. But, you know, we were up like 50 handles 
I'm like, what? and I tweeted out, what an opportunity. What a great time to sell stocks. So I think we're still in this environment where you don't have to panic and sell it in the hole because you continue to get rallies. But one of these days, you're not going to get a rally. And that's going to spook a lot of people here. But just slowly and quietly, we've been kind of death by a thousand cuts over the last two weeks. Tesla's 235 now. So, I mean, you're 299. So just quietly, we've lost 65 points. So at a certain point in time, keep listening to the show, folks. At a certain point in time, we will turn bullish here again. And this is, you know, what I was talking about with some people in the chat is like, if I say something bearish, you know, there's people that absolutely hate my guts, you know, because I'm very opinionated. I say stuff, you know, there's, yeah. there's a certain, you know, followers on Twitter, you know, 10% of these people absolutely hate me. So if I tweet something that's bearish, and then the next day I tweet something that's bullish, they will hold me to what is wrong, no matter what, because I go bullish, I go bearish, I go bullish, I go bearish. I've been bearish for two weeks here now. I was bullish back on the 25th. Remember when we did that show? Um, the bullish show there where everything was going higher, everything was going up. I'm like, it's just there. The fairy tale world lives, you know, and it's going up and everything. And then two days later, we had the key reversal day. And that's when we're like, hey, this is an eye opener. This is a time to start, you know, this bounce the next day was a time to start lightening up. So as a trader, it is your job to change your opinion. As an investor, it is your job to buy good companies at reasonable valuations and hold on. As a trader, it is your job to change your opinion. Yes, I repeated myself because I want you to write that down. It is your job and your right to change your opinion as a trader. And if you don't, you won't be in the trading business very long because if you just hold and say, oh, all stocks come back eventually, a lot of stocks don't. So you've got to, as a trader, if you're doing this for a career or, you know, or, or, or you know, more than you know, just sitting as a long-term investor, you've got to be able to change your opinion when you're wrong. It's important. Everybody's silent now. We're just finished with that. All right. We're going to wrap it up here. Like always, guys, uh, check out Pre-Market Prep Plus. Uh, Joel will be on there. Uh, And, of course, we'll be having some great guests on this week. You guys don't want to miss it. We have a a special one tomorrow. Uh, Cameron Dawson is going to be joining us. So definitely tune in, guys. Yes, Cameron's going to be back. You know she'll be coming prepared with, like, you know, the 60 slides. she she definitely comes prepared. Let's that's just your that guest. Oh, that's a hundred percent. And then, like always, catch us later this week. A lot of earnings reports going to be come. We'll be right here, pre market prep. Like always, smash the like now to bring you guys over to live trading. That's coming up next.